welcome to With You As Always is Chris. A new name that I still need to think about sometimes so I don't accidentally call the show what it used to be. It's a great name. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, really... I am Chris, and this voice is Dustin Harmson. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Hopefully good. Yeah. Former guest, current guest, co-founder, co-host extraordinaire on the Lantern Cinema podcast, which everybody should also be listening to. Yeah. We're... I'm awesome on that. I feel like we're kicking ass right now with that podcast. I'm really proud of it. Me too. I feel yeah. good. Yeah. I feel good recording in the Harmson home studio where yeah. we are right now. Here we are. Well, and it's funny because I feel like the last time we had done it, you know, really the first time that we did our show uh, in, in regards to doing your show, <laughs> we weren't like, we didn't even know each other that much now. It's funny to think like how much water is under the bridge now. <laughs> yeah. Just like over less than a year and a half. And now we're essentially creative partners. You yep. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it's cool. Uh, yeah. And that was really, honestly, kind of like the first time us even seeing, like, would this even gel as a group of people? Right. Which was partially the intent of having both you and off screen, off mic, Hannah, um, as guests on this show about a year and a half ago ish. I was wanting to have both of your voices here, but also seeing if the three of us can talk to each other for an it was hour really easy to work <laughs> yeah wasn't it fun Which is I mean, why we've done that like yeah. a dozen times or so actually me and hannah were talking about that today i was kind of talking about you know obviously i'm talking about the lantern podcast here for a moment but um there's always a piece of me where i feel anxious going you know when we're about ready to sit down and push the record button but i'm actually getting to a point with it where i kind of just feel like i know that if we've all put in work like we kind of are always ready, it feels like, at this point. Yeah. I, I feel, personally, for the most part, by, like, episode four or so of that show, it's like, okay, I don't need to, like, worry. Yeah. I still worry probably too much. It's kind of <laughs> just within my personality to be a little overbearing with that stuff, but... um as much as I can. I think I'm at the point of being able to just kind of settle back and be like, I oh, know everyone's got it. You know, Hannah's doing the thing Hannah does. Chris is kicking ass over there. And yeah, I think I should usually worry like 10% more, but since I don't, <laughs> you are like making up for that. <laughs> I just, so have, it evens out. I just have such a weird piece of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, man. Like I would take a, I would take a, I would take a, a bucket to the ocean and try to take out all the waves. <laughs> That's something All that right. exists inside of me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking all those waves, yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. We're basically here because of a text. Like, yeah. For, for this particular episode, um, it's because, I mean, at this point, probably two months ago, probably sometime in September, you had hit me up. It's like, oh, hey, listen to the the latest episode, the last even proper episode of the show, which was back in August with Frida Beckwith. Thank you again, Frida, for joining me for that, because you were fantastic. Thank you. Um, And Frida and I had talked a lot about pronouns, identity, gender. It was kind of the first time outside of just tweets (laughs) of me being like hey i'm non-binary uh please use they them pronouns but also i'm still too nervous to correct anybody literally ever which i'm sure we'll talk a lot about more tonight um but we had had that conversation and then you texted me kind of roughly hey listen to that it was amazing sorry if i mess up pronouns i don't do it on purpose i care about you 
I don't feel any differently about you. I know I mess up, and then sometimes I don't know if I should correct it or how to or when or whatever. Uh, and immediately I just felt warm in my heart. It's oh. like, oh, Dustin, like, thank you so much for, like, caring or anything. <laughs> just for, like, Well, it made me out. feel good. I will say this, though. Um, there was... A, a, uh, you're talking about the nice text that you sent me back. However, there was a period of time where I was waiting to receive the text where I was like, oh, no. No, I must fine. have messed it up. Real- yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, we all have work, so we're just, like, waiting to get through through that. So, yeah. I think, actually, I saw it on Twitter first. You gave me a shout-out. I as- tweeted about it, and so then I, was, I texted you. <laughs> I, could, I could have a sigh of relief (laughs) um it was interesting because for me on a personal level what preceded that was in the summer so i'm an elementary music teacher k5 um day job and then hannah is a high school teacher and for the first time this year the summer we had an opportunity to co-teach together a course for for high school kids so it was cool for me to even do that like for secondary to, to work with those older students but at one point hannah had said you know she had we were doing just introductions as a group and she had said what pronouns she had identified with she just said it you know in front of the whole class and then there was another student like after you know like 10 kids had talked and then you know no no one said anything about pronouns but then this one student said it and and i and i honestly and i'm willing to admit this it was just like i was so ignorant to even what any of that meant i had to have a conversation with hannah about it like oh what was it like if i feel like you guys just had a secret conversation that i don't exactly know what that was all about so your episode was in the summer right yeah first week of august so i think it kind of corresponded i had that first you know introduction to that even that concept really um, and then to hear you talking about it on your show, I was like, once again, I had to like furthermore have a conversation with Hannah, who was always explaining things to me, <laughs> uh, just about like, okay, so what does this mean? You know, what, it, what, what does it mean essentially? Um, so then, you know, uh, I do very much have it inside of me that when I'm with my friends, it's honestly like a joke or something that I've like made up in my mind where <laughs> I I say dude all the time. I think so many people do. <laughs> I'm a serial dudist. I just say it all the time. And for whatever reason, when I'm with my friends, I'm always like, bro, bro. And to me, it's like a joke because obviously I'm not like somebody who you would categorize as a bro personality. (laughs) So it's like funny for me to say it, but there was one particular night, I'm sure we were doing something for the lantern where I was like, I just said, bro, like probably 150 times. And it was the first time where I had that moment. And and I was like, I cannot have Chris thinking that. Cause I think I had mentioned previously, like, Oh, amazing show. I think I had said that before. Cause I think this was Adam green recording night. Or around then, maybe. I it was. I think it was a couple weeks before, because okay. then when we went home from that insane experience, we talked about a lot of things, but then we had more of a chance to kind of talk about what that meant, and uh, more specifically what it meant for you. But I was happy to actually have that moment of saying to you, like, oh, just so you know, I'm, it, you know, I, I was embarrassed, and then also just feeling like I don't, I value you so much as a person, and I, I appreciate everything that we're doing furthering our friendship and our creative partnership. It's like, I do not want this to come into, you know, I would never want to make someone feel like I didn't value them as a person. 
And I never feel that from you. Because <laughs> uh, I've, I've said this before, but like you and Hannah are two of my favorite people and like two of the kindest, most well, thoughtful humans that I have had the pleasure of spending actual time around on any sort of regular basis. Um, and I felt that way for a long time. Um, like you were one of the three like creative power couples where for like two or three years, like I would love to be friends with them. It's never going to happen. And now it has. So that's awesome. That's funny. You felt that way, but yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you two, Nate and Adrian Loxton. Yeah. And, uh, Derek and Ramona Muse Lambert. Yeah. Oh, have six, you had them on the show? People. Be a Derek and Mona? No, you should. That'd be a really good episode. I mean, I, I'll ask. You should. Yeah. I bet they do it. We'll see. Fingers yeah. crossed. Not, yeah. not wood. Anyways, um, not to get too much off of what we were talking about, but yeah. it, it was nice because then we had that moment of, I think, understanding between the two of us. But, but then it really, you know, and honestly, and it's very possible for your listeners to know, I am deeply in the process right now of working through the pronouns thing. I um, still am. And, and that was the thing I wanted to make sure that I said to you personally, like, if I if I am slipping up or if I'm saying something, it's, it's not out of any way within me that I like, I'm a person that has any issue understanding that a person is this way. You know what I mean? It was just more of like, and, and actually that was, and we're going to talk about this amazing book that Chris had me read, um, called gender queer. Um, but one thing that the book kind of I don't, like illuminated for me was just the idea of how, how difficult it actually is. That, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just the act of actually getting, you know, the pronouns correct and just understanding. We have to, like, retrain our brains. And that's what I'm in the process and of. And think about language differently. Yeah. Which is complicated. Which is like, really complicated. And actually, that the book, and we'll get there, it goes uh, another level with the pronouns that I'm... Honestly, I don't think my brain can compute it. Right, which I'm still struggling with, which you're probably referencing, and I, instead of just reading these words, I should have looked into how to properly pronounce them, but spivic pronouns? Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe we'll just talk a bit about the book now, and then we'll back away and get into a more personal me and us and our community and friends, whatever specific thing. Um, but the book is a graphic novel memoir that came out this spring that I found by accident in like September mm-hmm. called Gender Queer. I'm probably even going to butcher the author illustrator's last name, um, but Air. I think um, name is Maya Kababe. Sounds right. And the specific pronouns look like they're pretty much pronounced like they, them, there, but without the th. Yeah. So I'm, I'm even like on the page, page one eighty nine, when Maya first met Jaina, or sorry, first got reacquainted with Jaina um, after years. And they're awesome and have pink hair and flowers in their hair and everything. And they're like, oh, hey, I use these pronouns, A, M, Air, as in ask M what A wants on Air T, in Air T. Um, And that was my first time knowing that that existed. And in this instance, in 2015, it was Maya's first time knowing that that existed. And sometimes it's those simple things that, like, change everything. I don't think I'd even heard the nerd... Nerm. The term non-binary, probably until 2018. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd heard that before then. Yeah, I don't think I'd heard gender queer before then, or known that that was a thing that had its own name. Yes. 
even though that's like how I now like outwardly identify, I didn't know that I could before now, which yes. is part of why it's like taken me until like this long. You'd be like, oh, these are things that I can say and feel and think and do and be like what? Yeah. Um, yeah. The the memoir, just the short version, is Maya's story from pretty much birth until kind of a year ago of struggling with their identity and who they are, who a are, uh, and are supposed to be and want to be and learning about specific pronouns and figuring out like, Oh, I can want, I can have a female body and want a penis and like still not be transgender, but identify as like another thing. And it's like learning like what the possibilities are. And they're basically endless. We just like live in a world where everything is like binary or black and white, or we've been told that it is. So then trying to think of there not being a color spectrum, it's just like anything. It's hard to do sometimes like until you're like actually introduced to that. But well, one of of the conversations I had with Hannah, because I think we kind of read it perpendicular to each other. Um, I had said to her after reading it, I said, um, I recognize from reading the, the book just how much I've never even considered it. Like so much of the book details just these really complicated uh, feelings that this person has towards gender. And they're always thinking about it and just really feeling like they don't essentially belong in this world in so many different different ways and and for me as someone who identifies as his you know i i assume it's just like one of those things like i've never even considered anything to do essentially with my gender so that was a mind-blowing thing to see just the the absolute level that it encompasses every part right uh, uh, you know of the story essentially from every single piece be it you know from clothing to why can't i have my shirt off you know, when I'm swimming as a kid to, you know, it, it was just amazing. And yeah. it was so honest. And really just, yeah, I mean, I guess this year, kind of on an almost monthly basis as I am like told something new or learn something new or start kind of acknowledging different things I've had or am developing, I'm becoming like increasingly aware of working in a store and seeing a like, elementary school boy liking a necklace and then paying attention to how their parents react and there are some were like no 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 like that's just for girls like you can't have this thing yeah uh, and then others were like yeah like i like that you like that like it's cool that you like that anybody can have any of these things anybody can wear a dress anybody can do whatever and i've seen like both in a 600 square foot store in des moines and just kind of intentionally paying attention to how parents parent and what they say and what they think and feel. But I've also become increasingly aware of how often we use gendered words constantly in like basic level conversations, oftentimes unnecessarily because they're just added words that we don't need. Like the amount of times in the last week I have heard, thanks, man. Thanks, guy. Which is me. And, And it could just, it could just be thanks. Like you could just say one word. That still works, and it works for literally anyone. You can just say thanks or thank you. You don't have to like add extra emphasis. Yeah. That doesn't really have any value. Of course. Because if and when I was using he, him, it's like, okay, like you're reaffirming a thing that doesn't need to be reaffirmed. Like It doesn't actually have any value for me. 
But if and when now I don't use that and won't, then it's a net negative. Yes. Like it went from being a neutral thing to a negative thing. And it was never an actual positive one. Right. And I don't feel like it ever is. Like just stop. Well, and that reminds me of in the book where it's something where um, they, what was it? It, I don't remember. A, I think. So I'm just, I'm going to read out the spelling. If it's okay for the purpose of um, this. Yeah. What is it? A? I, I'm so trying it's to... E, E-M, and E-I-R instead of like T-H-E-Y and T-H-E-M and stuff. Um, for me, it, it is like saying they, them, there, but without T-H. But for the purpose of the show, so we stop constantly doing this let's acknowledge that we will continue to mess this up yep i'm still going to try to use which is AM very air. much a part of the book oh as yeah well, like i'm gonna, really I'm gonna cool. still try to use am air which i might even be mispronouncing when referring to maya um we are acknowledging maya's pronouns and trying to be better about them but anyway yeah so maybe you can help me with this there's the moment when air is at it's something to do with college oh yeah and and air is with uh, another person who I think identifies as she in this, correct? Probably. At, at one point, someone comes by essentially and says, ladies, over here this way. Oh, yeah. And there's this inner dialogue of just kind of, you know, this inner turmoil that you can tell air is experiencing at that moment. And, and that was a real moment for me where I was like, wow, that, I mean, that's heavy to imagine what that, you know. It would just be very insane. You know? <laughs> well, not insane, but just hard to deal with. That's what I think. You yeah. Know? And and I think um, I had a moment. I've had a student teacher this year. Um, so I'm, as I said previously, a K-5 music teacher. So uh, I now know that it's ignorant of me to think that that these students aren't having, you know, their students within my classes right now that don't identify with their given sex. Um, but I have, so it happens all the time where I'll be like, all right, right now I want the girls to, I'm, I'm trying to hear the girls sing right now because it sounds like they're singing soft. So boys just listen. I'm always doing that. I'm always dividing different things because for K five, it's easy just to be like boys and girls. But I had my student teacher say to me, so what do you do if they identify as a different sex? And then you're like, Oh shit. What, what do it I was a heavy, doing? It was a moment for me. And, and, and this has all been kind of part of the process right now for me. When I can imagine also being a music teacher, having that being a reinforced thing. Cause you're also thinking about voices yeah, <laughs> and people's voices are at least like slightly more likely to sound differently or have different tones of whatever. However, in, on... uh, in elementary, actually not as much well, maybe less different because puberty hasn't happened. Yeah. Yet. And for the boys, I'm wanting them to be in their falsetto head voice, essentially because right. that I can identify as a singing voice. You know, of course, if their voices have changed and they can naturally do, they can match a pitch in a lower octave. I don't care, but um, no, it's, it's strictly only for the purpose of, Oftentimes it'll be like the boys just aren't singing and the girls are, <laughs> which is probably just more indicative of the girls at that point, depending on what grade, them just being more mature, you know, or just being able to follow directions. So I'm actually doing it for, uh, for lack of a better term, manipulative reasons to try to get like the other group of people at that moment so, to like, do it. Get yeah. invested. So what I found myself doing is just being like, now I'm like, okay, if you are seven, I want you, you know what I mean? Like, cause often in music, finding different to, ways to split yeah. them up. Yeah. But yeah. It, once again, just another way of making myself aware of like, Oh, that's a good man. That's a good point. I never considered it. Yeah. 
Well, and it's still interesting thing for me because like reading this from Maya, and it's like, oh, since you were seven or younger, you'd been thinking about these things, and I wasn't when I was that young. And like in uh, June, made a new friend, hung out in a cafe in Ames, and just talked about like gender and transgender and things for probably two hours. And it's like, oh, like you also were questioning and feeling different when you were very, very, very young. And I never really had, at least from what I can remember, I never knowingly had that. Part of it was not knowing that I could. It wasn't like, oh, you can be anything. It was like, oh, like this is who I am. Going to try to make the most of it. And even like within this last year, that's like what my thinking has been sometimes. It's like, oh, like... I would prefer for my body to be entirely different than what it is, right. but it's not. So like, I've got to just try to figure it out. Um, where now I'm like, eh, do I though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and that's what yeah. the book shows is that there's just so much more to life and, um, the level of, uh, well, it appears to me that Maya definitely experiences a certain amount of uncertainty of what the future kind of looks like. Right. She's, oh, excuse me, error appears to be optimistic and is happy that there's, you know, some level of change going on. But um, the book really doesn't end in this way of like, and everything's great now. It's not yeah. necessarily like that. You can tell that it's very much still a struggle. Yeah. And it ends fairly abruptly. It just kind of like catches up to more or less present day. And it's like, okay, yeah, still, still doing, still doing things, still figuring it out. Well, and then for all the chumps that think that, you know, like, oh, this is just a a passing fad that people are experiencing right now, or, you know, like, this isn't a real thing, there's no way, there's that amazing moment where air breaks it down, the science, right? Wasn't, wasn't there a moment? That was, that was incredible. Well, like, to explain it, people, people like this have existed forever. Even just, even just like cis gay men have existed forever. Right. Like, literally ancient Greece and Rome and before then, like, that's been a thing. It has just, links to uh, hatred, bigotry, oftentimes religion, violence, etc. Like, people are forced to not present themselves that way or not live that way. Right. And now, even though we live in very complicated times uh, with awful politics that are making things worse um we do still live in a better period than we did 40 years ago right like trans women are still getting murdered but uh, more of them are able to live publicly the way they want to than they could before right there's still so much progress that has to be done but there's enough compared to our previous existence that people can more visibly and publicly be who they are. Exactly. It's not that there are more of them. It's that you can see more of them yes. now than you could before. They didn't just appear. Yeah. We've been around. Yeah. We can just actually say it now, or at least more people can, not everybody can for sure, but more can. Well, um, and, and I think, you know, like obviously within the political times that we're living, which are just terrible and, you know, yeah. no one, there's there's nobody that has a sense of optimism about where things are heading. And you know what? Honestly, I'd be willing to to 
maybe make the the claim that I, I bet even the people on the other side don't feel very optimistic right now about the way things are going because there's such a high level of just incredible uncertainty and no one feels comfortable or happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what, what I am optimistic about is that change still continues. You can't really stop the change that's occurring. So, you know, within the political spectrum that we live in now, we do know that, I mean, I can't even fathom the idea of thinking that this person would become the president again. I mean, oh, my God. We, we would all rather die than even think of that. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, it's still, even if it was the worst case scenario, it would be eight years, right? Like, you know, this person yeah. would be gone in eight years, no matter what, the way that our political system is designed right now. However, the change that's already occurred is so huge that even though you have this completely hateful and bigoted person that's in, you know, the supreme power right now, the change is greater than this one person. So to even be, you know, in a situation where we can read such an amazing piece of art as genderqueer is to show you the degree of change. This book couldn't have existed right. several years ago. Right. And it's just the beginning of the things that we're going to start seeing. I, I was in uh, Drake. I'm doing a musical right now. And um, I was I was there and I was looking at the students uh, that were a part of some kind of sorority or uh, fraternity. And they had their picture, name, and then they had all the pronouns that they went by. That didn't exist when I went to Drake. You know what I mean? So like, we're always a part of this, you know, this wheel that kind of picks us all up. And if there is a sense of optimism, I think that's what we can all be hopeful for. Yeah. And even though some change can be stifled or like slowed or redirected, I I think and hope that it's still like always going to be there. I mean, I know an 18 year old trans kid, Chase is awesome. And when I was 18, I like recently stopped saying gay as a synonym for dumb yeah because that's all i had ever heard like oh man chicago suburbia i think is generally way more conservative than I ever gave it credit for when i was actually living there um but i i think about my high school and can like count on one hand how many people were openly gay or queer or like anything different than what we were like prescribed to be and I just remember everybody saying stupid shit. Oh, yeah. And then, like, it takes leaving <laughs> yeah. and growing and experiencing more things and meeting more people and new people and doing different stuff and being exposed to more to either cling on to your things and fear change and be an asshole or grow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and of course, I'm a part of this community in town that has children, right? So yeah. there's a, a a good portion of people that were involved in the music community or creative community now that kind of like all more or less kind of have kids around the same age. And um, that that's proof of, optim- of the optimism that we're kind of all experiencing. For instance, like my daughter, Esme, my eldest daughter, had recently said like, oh, did you notice that this person has two mommies? And we're having that conversation and it's like, she does not think anything, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like an interesting, like, oh, that's interesting to think. But, you know, if I, when I was a kid, I, I, that would have been like, you know, I I don't even know if my parents would have talked to me about, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's an entirely different world that we're, that we're growing up in. And that's exciting to see that next generation. Um, And furthermore, you know, I thought about my daughters the whole time reading this book. And for me, uh, 
you know, we have this, we both have copies of this book right now yeah. up here, but, um, the point to me where I was just like, Oh my, I could re- cry just reading this, but oh, I did <laughs> at the very last page. I hate to ruin it for anyone, but it's just so meaningful. A note to my parents, though I have struggled with being your daughter. I'm so, so glad that I'm your child, which is mind blowing. And, and for me, it just, you know, like, you know, I want my girls to read the book, you know, if they, you know, I would never want them to live in a world not being who they are. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, very powerful. Yeah. Uh, genderqueer. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. More so than, like, most things that I have consumed in some way ever. Like... You should try to get air on the show. Oh, man. We'll see. Maybe I will hit up Maya someday. You should give it a shot. Uh, yeah. But at the moment, all I can do is continue to lend some of the many copies that I currently own and uh, hope that people find it at least like half as impactful as I did. Well, um, and we know uh, Chris just told me that you can pick it up if, oh, yeah. if you're not in the know and in Chris's elite group <laughs> that will pass out copies uh it is available at ray gun in des moines and then also ray gun chicago right yeah and lankton cinema is gonna be at ray gun chicago in a few weeks yeah yeah so yeah uh, i may or may not have had a uh, part of my employer carrying this book um but it's also it's it's on the internet you can buy it on maya's website well, which is probably ray- a good thing you can pick it up at barnes noble like i did because you just stumbled upon it by accident when you were planning and buying a stupid spider-man comic and then ended up getting this yeah so yeah um i don't know it it is one of probably three different queer or like queer adjacent things since june that has like made an impact on me because it was the first week of June when I was like, oh wait, maybe I'm not who I have like claimed to be my entire life or just like thought that I was, um, and was going through like a, a weird two weeks, uh, and it's during that time where I like slowly and then kind of quickly switched to they them pronouns. Like at first in like bios was like he or they and then after a day i was like no just just drop the he him stuff please yeah um and it was just like having a 48 hour weekend just like freaking out (laughs) in my brain it was after recording like a little solo bonus episode of the show which i believe i talked about with frida um where one of my like uh self-love club things was oh hey my body i'm more comfortable with it now than ever and then as those words leave my mouth, I was like, wait, no, I'm not. Like, I, I was earlier this year. I'm not anymore. Why am I not? What am I thinking and feeling? How long have I felt this way? Like, what's going on? Um, and then it was also Pride weekend that weekend. And I felt like I didn't belong. But no one imparted that on me. No one said that. I just, since I was like having this like identity crisis um felt like i wasn't supposed to be there so i backed out of multiple plans like i was barely a part of anything happening that week um mostly like saw some of it wasn't really in it um so the the three things one the most recent being genderqueer um but around that time is when i got into marika hackman who is a british indie rocker for 
more more or less. I'm bad at describing the genres that musicians are in because there are so many, and uh, most people like transcend them and are in parts of different things. I'm like, ah, if you want to listen to a lesbian from London that likes Nirvana and makes awesome music, like here, here's this person. Um, and I had just gotten into her music, and then it was like other like queer bands like adult mom tweeting like oh hey like all lesbians should be listening to this if they aren't already and stuff i'm like oh yeah like you have all these like songs about your sexuality like your old stuff didn't now you do and you're like becoming more vocal and more comfortable about that and like i really like this and then i had heard the name for years but actually thought it was somebody else ezra Furman. yeah um who in his hers uh twitter bio like has he him his hers as their pronouns Hmm. and not they them and i looked on wikipedia briefly didn't have a lot of insight was using his at some points but then said that they identified as transgender after not identifying that way previously so i don't want to miscategorize who ezra Furman is um, but listening to their latest record, 12 Nudes, which came out over the summer and has a song titled Transition from Nowhere and has another one, I Want to Be Your Girlfriend, which is described roughly as a like transgender like romantic dream. Um, and I think like their album was like queer inspired punk rock cool. album and stuff and produced by someone who worked with St. Vincent, who is my fave. Um, if any of that helps paint a picture for like what their music sounds like and that album then like grabbed me like oh yes and then reading this I was like oh like these are all things and people that I can relate to where like not everything in this book is how I have felt part of it is like stronger and different part of it's from an earlier age and then starting off with a entirely different biological body type um, some things are different but there is more on these 220-ish pages where I've been able to just, like, look at that or read that and be like, yeah, uh, than, like, anything else probably yeah. I've ever had. Um, so I'm, I'm, like, coming from, like, those sorts of things. But then still being someone where I have a bunch of amazing friends. I have a bunch of, like, awesome and open and accepting friends. I have a bunch of queer friends. Uh, like, a wide variety of identities i have other non-binary friends like frida um but i still haven't corrected a single person who has messed up my pronouns which is another amazing part of that book there's yeah, a whole section like, that my struggle with that um and then, i mean going into knowing we were finally gonna be recording this today after like talking about it for a bit i was thinking about that more it's like why am i not doing that yet like, it's not like it's only been a few weeks. At this point, it's been a few months, and I have never corrected anyone. And it happens, like, every day, and I kind of don't care to correct strangers or people that are on, like, such a basic level where I interact with them sparingly or maybe never will see them ever again. Like, yeah. if I check out somebody at a register and they, like, say, like, thanks, man, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, actually, no, just go out the door. Please leave. Just continue yeah. on your life. Um but it's like, okay, well, who will I bring it up with? And like, when and why? And how will I do that? And even like this last week, hanging out with a few friends, one of them also being non-binary. And I think I messed up their pronouns once. And then my head right away is like, what did I say? 
did I say it right or not? And then like enough time passed, like, okay, I'm not going to correct it because I don't know if I even got it wrong or not. And now right. like three minutes have passed and the other two people have kept talking, but I've just been like not listening because I've been battling this in my head. And then uh, they said he in reference to me, but then caught it and corrected it, but then later did it again. And then later again, I'm like, oh shit, like I know that you know, and you already like fixed it once. But I don't know if I should even bother saying anything. Like, you're not even the type of person that I need to say this to. Because, like, you get it. You're just currently slipping up. As I am doing all the time and probably have had in this conversation right now. Yeah. So, I think I'm just, like, unsure of how I want to address it with anybody in general. Even though I know at some point I'm going to have to. Right. Like I, have, I have talked to various friends at length about this for months. Um, and some of them are the ones that like reassured me like, Oh, Hey, like your feelings are valid. And like, this isn't a phase and like, this right. is okay. And you can keep talking about this if you want, whenever you want, however you want, like Adam is going to be there for me. And like yes. Ava and like Meredith had wonderful conversation with me around that time. And, you now like i have a better set of people that i love currently than i think i ever have in my life and better for the current state of my life (laughs) and how i'm thinking and feeling um but i'm still nervous to like actually just like look some people in the eyes and be like hey here's something new no, it's not the whole I'm vegetarian now thing. It's the pronouns thing. Or it's the newfound sobriety thing. Yeah. Which we should also be talking about. Well, and that also, I mean, honestly, like just hearing your uh, first part of that, just talking about seeing someone in line and then them saying this, it very much reminded me within myself of sometimes, you know, if someone will, because I don't drink and I don't do drugs, I never have. Um, for Those me, are song lyrics here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there they go. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something that I've had my entire life. So I'm always in a situation of being like, well, do I need to get into it with this person or am I never going to see them again? So it's not important enough for me to mention. Um, I'm going to tie this in with another idea too. Yeah, and, and if it seems off, I apologize, but just I think I can tie it back home. Um, recently, I was doing. Uh, I was playing in a group of musicians with someone that I haven't played with in about a year. And I had seen this person socially at another point, And uh, I don't even remember what he is referencing. But the, I saw this person again this week and he said, I told him thanks for coming to the thing that, I, that he came to where I saw him. I'm trying to say it in case he were to listen. I wouldn't want to make someone feel embarrassed. But he said to me, um, oh, and I'm sorry about that hug. It was just in the spur of the moment. I, had, I still now have no Don't idea. Don't remember the hug. I have no idea what he's referring to. But it had came to me that within that year time, this person's thought a lot about whatever that hug was, you know? So for me, once again, I I very much like live by this principle of, I would never want anyone to feel bad or, you know, like I, I very much like feel like that all the time. Like I wouldn't want to make someone feel bad or that I didn't value them or recognize them. So, um, 
why am I even saying this? Oh, that within that principle, that's how I got to that point for me where I could send you that text and say, I just want you to know that I know that I'm messing this up and I'm sorry. Um, cause I, you know, I kind of live my life that way. You know, if, if I'm at a store and I see someone that I went to elementary school with, I have a rule within me that I will always go up to that person if we're at that like moment where we're both looking at Snickers candy bars and you know I know this person knows that they know me I never walk away I always say hey I know you from because I always want to make someone feel good I'd prefer you know um, I guess what I think about is essentially what I imagine that you're not correcting them for you're not correcting them because you're afraid of hurting their feelings am I right Probably sometimes. So I think it's a combination of things is especially when I know someone is well-intentioned. Yeah. I don't want to make them feel bad. Like I, that's like the type of person I don't want to make feel bad. It's like, no, like you are good. You're not using the words that I would like you to, but I know that you would want to. I don't know. Sometimes it is like, I don't want to make somebody feel bad or overly bad about something that is still mostly small to me. Even though I admit that when people do nail it consistently, I feel better. Yeah. Like there's sometimes where I'm like, Oh wait, like I'm, I'm like actively surprised when someone's like using they, that I'm like, Oh cool. I feel good. Um, but then like there are other people where I want to bring it up and haven't primarily because in case no one can tell i'm not a confrontational person yeah aside from specific instances in my life and they are far and few between i don't like that mostly i don't like getting that involved or that engaged yeah in sometimes like out of place scenarios and then i don't i don't want anyone to flip and go from like being more calm and being able to think through stuff to then being defensive and or aggressive. Yeah. Especially if I feel like it's not necessary, but um, where it's frustrating for me is work. So I work someplace. Cool. Like I work someplace very progressive. Yeah. Uh, where we have like all sorts of different coworkers and employees of various walks of life. And I mean, almost any type of person is represented that isn't extremely right wing um because i don't think they would fit in very well no i don't think so i don't think they would like us um but we use something called slack which some people listening to this would definitely know what that is it's more or less like the 2019 version of instant messenger it's been around for a few years but it's like an app and desktop thing where we can just have a whole bunch of different channels and then be communicating with each other constantly instead of just relying on email right we're Three years ago, it was just face-to-face and email stuff. But now, having stores in three states and 70-plus employees, like, it's faster and easier to just be able to type or text, like, hey, here's the Chicago channel. Right. Here's where we're talking about Chicago. Here is the Kansas City thing. Here's the whatever thing. So, we use this constantly every single day. And in June, I changed my, like, username and display name from Chris to Chris parentheses they them like i put those pronouns in it so every time i say anything which is dozens of times every single day anyone who sees that 
sees my pronouns. Like, it's not just like the an email signature, which I also have, which is at the bottom, sometimes hidden, usually not read. It's like, this is the first thing you see before what I actually typed. Right. And almost no one gets it. Hmm. There are a few people who I had talked to before I had done that. Uh, Taylor and Jen, thank you for being super on top of it. Jordan, always on top of it. Um, but even like more recently, it was National Coming Out Day. Or maybe International Coming Out Day. I'm bad at knowing when important dates are. Um, sometime within the last month, I think in October. Um, and Taylor had like shared a story about that. And then I was like, you know what? I might as well be more vocal. Here, here's my little spiel of... Uh, I use they, them pronouns, and I'm non-binary, or trans, or both, or I don't know yet, but here I am. Uh, and, like, people commenting on that and reacting and stuff, including people who previously and since then still fuck up pronouns every single time. Right. Like, literally every single time. Um, and, like, having one of my bosses around that period, like, refer to him and I as, like, oh, yeah, we're just, like, the only two straight dudes over here mm-hmm. it's like ah ah yep yeah right. and um, of course you know that person's not thinking like they have no idea the degree of the inner turmoil that their comment is causing well and like i've worked there for almost five years and it's only been a few months where he would be expected to like think anything else and say anything else so ask someone who is still constantly fucking up constantly doing it oftentimes just in my own head like just inner thoughts yeah. that aren't even spoken to anybody referring to people as he or she instead of they or them and having to fix that let alone when i have vocal slip-ups like i get it still working on it it's gonna take a while because yeah. for 20 almost 29 years um this is what I have used. Like, these are the words that I have used and the situations I've used in and how I've been taught to do this. Even, like, having a journalism and mass communication degree, like, typically writing, like, he or she. Yeah. Why was that even a thing? And why is that still a thing that people that, like, are professionals oh, and learned that, like, hmm. now have to unlearn I've what they were taught that. in college hmm. and use they? Instead of he or she, it's like, no, like... There's more than just that. So now we have to, like, figure that out. I remember probably having the realization in middle school, taking Spanish for the first time when it was, like, required then. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, why are there, like, male and female versions of words? But also, how come if there's at least one guy, even if it's 3,000 women with one dude... You use the masculine version of the word when referring to them. Doesn't that seem weird? Oh, yeah, like sexism, patriarchy. Like, it's so ingrained in, like, That's fascinating. everything. Yeah, wow. And I, like, had that thought when I was, like, 11, but then, like, moved on. And now I'm thinking constantly of just, like, little, little things. Where it's like, why did we even do that? And how do we, like, learn to stop doing that or change and uh it's hard (laughs) well i guess my reaction to that or my initial thought is you're you know you're a pioneer at one point there and and this is a a brief homage to the master but at some point there were uh explorers that went and saw the pyramids and then they had to come back and tell people that the pyramids existed right i mean it's true that that's essentially what it is you're a part of this that you know once again 
I had mentioned earlier what to be optimistic about with the future and then thinking about going to a college and just seeing how much has changed within 10 years. Can you imagine what 10 years from now is going to be like? It'll be radically different. It'll be radically different. I graduated five years ago and it's different. I graduated high school 10 years ago and it's and and I, and and I think you know I think they'll they'll probably just have to be for you when you're at that moment like experiencing that feeling of like okay do I speak up for myself at this point right um, and figuring out when that'll be I, I assume before the end of the year there's going to be a time where I do correct someone yeah but I'm trying to just in my head learn how to possibly do that without it then being a thing because i i don't i think a a big part of it is not wanting to be like oh actually they them and then have the conversation every fucking time actually this reminds me of something i actually have a a great problem with authority that's something that i struggle with and uh, i was given really great advice this year and it kind of reminds me of this um if ever i'm in a position where i would have to go in and see my boss and they ask me a question about a choice that I made professionally or something like that. I get really like, um, uh, uh, like I get really stammery because I, inside of me, I don't have it. I'm not very comfortable. Like if I feel like I'm sticking up for myself, I feel like I'm making excuses or something like that. So I feel uncomfortable. Person gave me great advice. Say, I don't have the answer to this right now. I need to actually go and write it down so I can send it to you to allow myself a moment to be more thoughtful. I wonder if you you know, like an actor had a moment that you could actually just write down your response, just have a moment, just like, right. You know, like when you're at home, just writing down, like, how would I, what's the best way? Yeah. Cause maybe if you wrote it down and you had like your sentence version of this is how I'm going to respond. Maybe when that time comes, it's like being a part of a play. Like you would know exactly what you could say. Cause then it gets rid of like, Nope. I put the time in that I know that I can be as sensitive as I can to that person. Also recognizing maybe that this is the first time they've ever experienced this experience or, or what do I do if they are aggressive or they think it's stupid or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just a thought. I mean, that's one thing that came to me. It helped me a lot actually to think that, Oh, it's okay to say for myself to have a moment of like, no, I need more time to think about this. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, so I want to get to sobriety stuff. I don't know how much time you have. Oh, I can talk I, forever. I can talk, yeah. Um, but on like the aggressive thing and even just like appearance stuff. So I, I partially understand when people misgender me um, because of my outward appearance most of the time. Like my wardrobe hasn't changed. I want to change a hell of a lot of it. That costs money. Um, and like I get, like especially, or just, well, I don't know. I'm wearing like pastel green and yellow and purple stuff today at least there's like some color um but if i'm just like walking into work with a red and black flannel black jeans black shoes it's like okay like right whatever i look pretty like neutral ish but probably skewing masculine to some people fine and i just look like this um when i have a combination of cotton candy blue and strawberry milk pink nails, which are the actual names of those colors by palette polish from Portland. Um, and I'm wearing my like dusty pink denim jacket that has a please use they them pronouns mm. pin on the collar. And I'm wearing a pink hat. 
I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, like, more being how I want to be more often. Like, that's, like, the look that I want to have more often. And when I'm doing that, and you're, like, still, like, unabashedly using pronouns I don't want to be used, then sometimes I'm like, okay, what, what, what do I need to do? Besides, like, just grabbing you vocally and be like, hey, don't do that. Please use these other words. It's like, ah, what else do I need? Yeah. What else do I need to do? Well, and of course, um, I mean, obviously I don't, you know, I don't exactly know. Well, <laughs> I yeah. wish I did. I guess maybe for me, maybe the only hope of, um, you know, I was that person. And that, and I knew I was, dude, dude, bro, 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 come over here, man. I'm so broke. I was doing all that <laughs> stuff, but it was out of a complete state of ignorance well, and just being, and just honestly, just not thinking about it. Cause I was, I just wasn't thinking about it. But I feel like for, for you specifically, it's like a combination of maybe that, but also like being jokey. Like that, yeah. that's like your humor. Like the, the, the bro thing, especially coming from it's you. It's my humor. It's just like, this is a fun, funny thing. This yeah. is me not being me using this word. Exactly. Isn't that funny? Uh, it's like it's like Adam Green talking to you about the differences between like Coke and cocaine and stuff. Yeah, and like, that's wild. It's like, you don't know that you're talking to like the soberest of people. Yeah. <laughs> and asking about the differences in drugs. Like, that's just funny to me. Um, but anyway, one thing that I did want to get to before I like totally transition... Um, from like outward appearance stuff on my end uh is when somebody's aggressive because i have started a third job i work the door at the vaudeville muse though i haven't recently because i was sick so i had to cancel one day sorry lad um but there was this one dude who i shouldn't have let in and then should have later kicked out because he he was eventually just problematic in various ways with both myself karen behind the bar uh javier running sound he was just an asshole the entire time uh and was just a bad person um but i at the door interacted with him first and uh not gonna go into the whole story of just him being an asshole um but when it finally got to the point where he finally paid and then finally had the correct amount of money and then his girlfriend and him were like about to move on in uh is when he first noticed that my nails that night were indeed painted Uh uh and he said you fucking paint your nails? Wow. Like that. And I was like, yeah. Uh, and his girlfriend's like, oh, no, it's fine. It's cute. I like it. And blah, blah, blah. Um, but she this was is like mortified. Yeah. Maybe. But this is like me sitting, him standing, leaning in over me. And after we have had like a full five minutes of him just being a dick and me like suggesting he go elsewhere and then him eventually being like no this is where i want to be here's my money uh so it was like a whole thing but then at that point i was like oh uh this is my first time actively feeling threatened (laughs) like for just existing which other people have to deal with fucking constantly for a wide array of reasons yeah. uh being a young college educated white person uh one of the privileges i have had in this country is not having to be afraid very often uh, a lot of people have to 100 percent of their existence um but in this instance i was like oh shit um and i think that's one of the reasons why I haven't painted my nails in like three weeks or so. I, I did a couple times after that, but later that night I took it off. Oh, that's when I got home, took it off. Um, and every time I have a moment where I like want to lean into doing more of that or experimenting with things or like 
actually wearing makeup for kind of the first time. I have tinkered with it at home just a couple of times. Somebody like gifted me some that they don't use much. I'm like, I have some stuff, but I then uh, immediately just like run away. Like I think of now having like a real world example or two that I've actually had firsthand instead of just hearing or experiencing other stuff throughout the people. It's like, ah, what if this is the night that I shouldn't do it? Like, yeah. this is the one where I like, feel good and I, like, want to. What if it's the wrong time to, or I run into the wrong person? Like, I'm already so in my own head and non-confrontational and, like, not completely confident yeah. or, like, secure yet. Like, maybe I shouldn't do anything. Um, but there is one time I have gone outside of my apartment wearing lipstick, and it was 835, actually, for just part of it. I think it was Friday, so night one. Um, had gone to part of the festival right after work, hung with some friends, went home briefly, ended up putting on lipstick then, uh, then went back out, and then went to like an after party at the Muse with my friend Adam. Um, and another friend of mine, Renee, who I'm hoping to lend this this week, actually, um, saw me then. And this was kind of before she and I had like become friends. We had like known each other a little bit. Uh, and she later commented on like just like how happy I looked that night. Yeah. And like had the lipstick and stuff and had nails and was wearing a lot of pastels. Um, and when I like first did it, was very nervous and then pretty quickly like forgot that i had it on for hours like just forgot like this very simple thing that means nothing for some people but is a big deal for me uh forgot that i had it on and even like that is kind of my exp- explanation that is difficult to comprehend because it's not that tangible as to like what being non-binary means like what having this pronouns means like what i want to do and be and express and show and how i want to look it's just like oh hey remember that time oh, when I did that and yep. I looked and felt that good and was the most carefree at that point that I had been in months, like since April, probably in July. Uh, that is what that means. And like capturing more of those moments and being that way, even without lipstick, like sometimes it is just wearing what I have worn for eternity, but feeling different. Like, for me, it is trying to have some sort of balance, but since, especially outwardly, things have been so strongly the other way forever, it's like, okay, well, don't want to do like a 180, but do want to skew farther that direction to make up for lost time. Yeah, kind exactly. Of. Um, yeah, I don't even know where else I wanted to go with that, but just well, like that moment, it's like, oh, wait, yeah, I felt fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not to get too heavy on with you on this concept, but in direct uh, uh, responding to hearing about this person at the bar, um, there's a Buddhist concept of uh, within a person's day, at any point, a person can access a different level of life. And one of the lowest levels in the Buddhist concept is hell. Now, of course, we think of hell as like, you know, like a pointed, you know, horns and like someone trying to hurt somebody or, you know, burning in flames, whatever. Hell is just an idea of just like someone who is obviously so deeply unhappy and living in a state of hell at all times. 
that's what that person's experiencing. And unfortunately for you at that moment, he passed on that level of hell for you because it puts you in that moment of like, okay, well this, I don't even want to be a part of this world. If this is what it's like, you know, like it's, 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 that's what it is. And at any point in your day, you could go to any of the, the levels. Well, unfortunately for that person, he lives in a state of hell all the time. <laughs> How do you get to that point when you just see someone at a bar and that's one of the first things you're going to say after, you know, that person is incredibly unhappy and it's taken that person their entire life to get to that point. Right. Like it's this one was of, after he accused me of not being able to count. Yeah, exactly. I was like, Hey, yeah, the show is this much money. And he's like, yep, here's money. I'm like, need another dollar. He's like, no, I gave you enough. So I counted it in front of his face. He was short. Yeah. And then begrudgingly, he was like. Here's my money. It was, it was a whole thing, too. So what you're uh, talking about is yeah. being in this state where you're feeling so comfortable that you're not even recognizing something that's offering you, like, you know, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, like, yeah. you didn't even recognize that you were even thinking about it. You just felt very pleased and happy. Right. Um, it's unfortunate that that person did that to you at that moment. <sighs> yeah. It's going to happen again. Yeah, I need to, but you know, uh, better prepare myself. I, I hope. But. I hope that with it and with your interaction with me, this is something that Hannah says all the time, and I think it's really wise. There's a difference between being smart and being wise. I think in life, it's actually more important to be wise than it is to be smart, because wise is an acknowledgement that you don't know everything, and you're going to do the best that you can to, you know, get to some sagely point in your life where you could have wisdom, right? Um, so for me at that moment, it was a wise moment of me recognizing like I'm ignorant in this moment. And Hannah's all the time like saying something like, it's not the worst thing in the world to be ignorant. It's more important that you have it inside of you to try to extend to become wiser in this area. So I hope for you, you can think like, I think people, maybe you can, you know, I think more people are generally good <laughs> Than bad and would have it in them that they would want to get to a point where they weren't making someone feel not who they are. You know? Yeah. We'll see. Um, I am, speaking of ignorance, still very ignorant. Like, I am not a professional when it comes to nouns. Uh, I went to the, like, Iowa Safe School Spirit Awards via Raygun a couple months back with Frida and Adam. And, uh, they have like every single LGBTQIA plus flag just like there across the back of the room. And there's like 20 of them. And I've seen like five. It's like, holy shit. Like, what are all of these things? Like, who do these all represent? And what are they like? Yeah. Uh, there is still a hell of a lot to learn. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm still learning about myself. So if, people listening haven't already like known and realized no much that like i don't claim to be a pro or be a highly educated person on the topic that we're currently talking about this is just like my own personal thoughts feelings experiences as usual um but instead of just talking about depression talking about other things that still very much relate to mental health and well-being yeah um but along with that Something else that's changed for me even more recently is being sober, yeah. which has been something I've been much dodgier about talking about. I've talked to kind of nobody really properly about it. 
um, brief conversations with a couple people. Um, it's something that I had thought about attempting for a while. And I had had a couple of times where I just like gave up alcohol for a month. Um, mostly because after my like first breakup of the like super, like first breakup was also a serious one and it was the longest relationship still. Um, where after being someone who didn't drink very much, then got just like fucking wasted for a month, basically. Uh, and it was always like, yeah, I don't drink very much. I don't like it that much. I never want to drink to the point of like getting sick. It's like, oh, hey, here I am like getting sick two out of three days because I'm having like six Roman Cokes at a time. <laughs> um, so then once I had like my next meaningful breakup, like immediately it was like, I'm not going to drink for at least a month. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Because I know, especially when I'm feeling this way, it's not a good thing. Like, yeah. it's not going to make me feel better. I'm just a sad drunk. Like, what am I doing? Um, and then I, I tried to do that over the summer and was very unsuccessful. Like, I did just want, like, a little break. And I had a friend who was doing the same thing for different reasons. But I was like, you know what? They're doing it. It usually helps me when someone else is doing the same sort of thing. That's why it's much easier for me to be vegetarian now than it was five years ago when I tried and I did it for like four months before, but not well. And now I have so many friends that are vegetarian and so many that are vegan where it's like, Oh yeah. Like it's not as much of an issue. Yeah. Like those foods are more readily available at a cheaper price. And I have more friends that are eating the same way where except for yourself, I don't have any other friends that just don't drink. And I have several friends that are bartenders and I now work at a bar where part of my compensation is free and discounted drinks. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. That's it's how like, it is at that you place. Get the standard rate, you get two drinks. Um, so yeah, like that's why I would like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. Oh, wait, it's so-and-so's birthday. I'll drink just on their birthday. Oh, yeah. it's somebody else's birthday four days later. I'll do that then. And then, oh, hey, I'm, I'm just drinking again. Um, but I had one day, August 29th, um, that was a show with just a bunch of my friends playing and I had been looking forward to it for weeks. I was like, Oh, like so many people that I love playing in each act all together. You'll love to see it. Uh, and I was in a great mood. And then my brain out of nowhere was like, what if this is happening? I just don't even know if it was or did, but my brain was like, what if it is? And immediately I just sank. And I went from being like, I'm going to have like one or two drinks just to like, pick myself up a little bit like energy wise because i'm not one who normally is very high energy i'm a fucking boring person usually <laughs> um to then spending 30 plus bucks on alcohol as someone who got two dollar drinks like i got wasted that night and then drove home drunk uh which is not the first time i've done that like i've driven drunk three or four times and typically not realized it as was happening, but right after. Where this is one where it's like, oh, wait. Like, I had gone a couple hundred feet. It was like, oh, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. But at that point, it's like, okay, do I just have to get home? Like, I don't have anywhere else close to go. Am I just going to park on the street for a bit? Like, what am I doing? And got home safely. Great. Uh, and then was just like apocalyptically sick for a day, <laughs> like worst hangover I've ever had. If it was solely that, um, and I think that was a moment of me of like, okay, especially in the headspace that I am currently, 
August was a weird month for me where I went from like feeling very good and positive to being suicidal for the first time in a year uh, and kind of in between and had very big mood swings, which then continued in September. It's like, okay, at least for as long as I cannot count on my mood to shift so quickly, I cannot and should not be drinking because then that magnifies that. Yeah. So in addition to just being an unnecessary expense, and uh, not being great sometimes, it's not a good thing for me. So now it's been two and a half months, which is weird. But for you, it's been more than thirty years. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never purposely taken any drinking or any drugs. Right. Um, but with that, uh, I guess my first response, my first thought to it is, even, you know, we're talking about identification, like you had said the term to me like sobriety or being sober or, um, I actually don't really know how to quantify myself in that regard because, um, to me, sobriety, I, I know this isn't necessarily the case, but to me, it almost like implies, implies that you a had past been, history, yeah, which maybe it does. I don't know. Well, for me, okay. I can explain this easily. Uh, my dad was a, a bad alcoholic when I was a kid. Um, and of course that's like a very bad there's like a real element of like sadness if if i were to like get into like what all that entails um so you know kind of what i'm going to say now isn't kind of good but it's kind of the reality of just kind of how i've dealt with that um you know i've been a bartender i've uh i've been in the music you know community since i was a, a very young teenager essentially so you know, I've I've ran the gamut of, of all kinds of alcohol use and seeing how that works, um, but I've never quite understood, like, knew what to tell people because <laughs> it happens all the time. The one thing that you realize is when you're a person who doesn't drink or or do drugs is that you realize that within this world that we live in, and maybe even more specifically in the United States. Um, and maybe as a greater whole Western culture, it's almost, you're almost like a social dissident. It's very, you realize like people are like, why? Like, it's like this really, it can come off. We're talking about someone being aggressive. Right. I've definitely experienced that a lot. We're like, what, what, why, why don't you like, you know, that kind of thing. And it's not like I've, when you're somebody who creates like a, just such an easy block inside of your mind, it's just not an, I don't even think about it. So like even the whole idea of peer pressure and something that was never a problem for me because I had this whole extreme sadness that I kind of grew up with. So it was easy for me just to be like, well, hell no, I'm not. <laughs> and, and recently I was, I was out with somebody who, um, that's one thing, children of alcohol, of alcoholics, they can sense others who are the same. And, uh, <laughs> I was with this lady and we were at a social thing and someone asked if she wanted to drink something or, or essentially like, Oh, you don't drink. Why not? That very nice, casual kind of conversation. She said, Oh, <laughs> she said, when you have parents who are alcoholics, you just don't drink. And I was like, Oh, there's the answer. That's how you say that. <laughs> like through history, like I've done all kinds of crazy shit. I've like told people that I'm a recovering alcoholic because it was easier to say yeah. that. So they just leave me alone. I've said that I didn't do it for religious reasons. <laughs> like I've done crazy shit just to not have to like get into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, it's funny though because uh creatively okay so i'm a creative person right, right. so uh i create music and and um the the clearest example is a song called teetotaler that i created which it's in the title right teetotaling is the idea of someone who's not drinking but in a much more uh classy word <laughs> i suppose <laughs> but, but, but anyways, um, within the song, it's the most misunderstood song in my entire uh, discography or whatever you'd call it. Like, because essentially what it is, like the first line is, I don't do drugs, but I'm sure they're fun, which I agree. I'm, I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> you know, like I, I feel strongly about that. Um, and then the chorus is, I'm essentially just like, la, la, la. I'm just saying like, la, 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 la. La, 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 la. Yeah. La, 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 la. So people take it so unbelievably on surface level, it's like offensive to me. <laughs> like, I've had people say, like, that's so weird that you made a song just talking about how awesome you are. And what's funny is they never get to the actual meaning of what the song is, is if you get to the second half of it, is when essentially what I'm talking about is I wonder what would happen if I wasn't or what would happen if I did do all these things that I've always kind of known would probably kick ass in some way, you know, this could happen at any point. That's really what I'm singing about at that moment. Like, even though I am someone who doesn't do alcohol or that's a funny way of saying that. <laughs> I don't do alcohol or, and, and once again, I, I feel weird even talking about it because I don't even know how to describe what it is. Um, I've had enough experiences with addiction to know that it's an incredibly sad situation. And you realize like people all of a sudden have lost all contacts of who they actually want to be as a human being. And that's really what it is. And and. When you see someone who is an addict, you know that that could happen to anybody, myself included. And it would be an awful situation to be like stuck out into the ocean without a raft. That's how it feels. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, for me, knowing that that is something that can happen inside of any human being, I would just never, I would never allow myself to do that because I just can't like... And even now I have kids, right? So it like brings on a whole new level of intensity. You know what I mean? And um, the unfortunate thing is I think oh, I'm it's like tough for me because it's like I don't want to, I, I don't feel bad for other people that do. But at the same time, I do think it's something you have to be cautious with. And uh, it can turn into a really bad thing for people. That's right. all it comes down to. And that, and maybe that's what you're describing. You may may have had a moment of being like, "This doesn't seeming right for myself." Yeah. Well, and, okay. To part answer that, but also to backstep a second to think of that song of yours. I wonder if part of it, like part of why people don't read into it correctly because they're just reading the cover, uh, is just like the the style of your vocals in that song. Yeah. There's like a kind of like a not quite sarcasm, but there's just like this air about the way you are delivering the lines where if people are maybe just reading into like that emotion more so than where the lyrics end up going. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know, but also I like that song. Um, well, and of course I do it in the style of like a cabaret, like uh Dixieland jazz kind of thing. So, I mean, it's kind of like a house of mirrors 
kind of interpretation of that idea, which is kind of like what it feels like inside of me all the time. Like it's just always kind of, and just in general, like I have another song on the same album, Papoose called life in my fishbowl. That might actually be an even better. See, that's the thing. Like I've, I've always written my music in such a subconscious way that like lyrics lyrically, I can just like start writing lyrics and I don't even necessarily know what I'm singing about until much later. Um, the latest album, Idiot Boy, for me is the ultimate example of that for me. Um, but Life in My Fishbowl is that, that essentially I'm just like singing. I don't know, just like you always feel isolated from the world and that you always feel like other people are looking at you in a strange way. So it's just kind of something that exists inside of me. But it is funny to, to think of it that way. That's true. I do. I suppose I do present it in a strange way. <laughs> But a good one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's like one of the... My introduction to you existing is as a musician. And it is because of Maxim Mames Records. Like, it's another thing where just like I didn't know that non-binary was a term three years ago. Until I interned for them, I didn't know that like local music or music at that scale existed in the world. Yeah. Because I came from suburbia where like right. there was nothing. Like there was no visible art anywhere yeah and like almost everything was a chain unless you lived in a suburb with a little downtown which i did not like some of them were around but especially being underage not having a car or a license until i was 19 yeah um like even if i knew those things were around i didn't have a way to get to them so even though i had gone to like a few shows here or there it didn't dawn on me like oh this is a thing and then after shortly after i started my internship was the festival that year and then i started going to dg's and i saw you for the first time october 2013 probably um opening a show with the river monks and dylan sires and neighbors and you did that song i believe because you were doing a bunch of papoose stuff and just playing solo and having a moment during one song where you stopped to talk about chris in like the recording of it of the album being like hey like i'm doing it this way like it's my album yeah i'm doing it this way yeah and then like going back into the song and stuff like um i don't know that's a song where i guess while i don't listen to it as often as i listen to saint vincent or something yeah um i like it a lot and i've liked it for six years so thank you for writing it even though people misinterpret it hopefully enough don't misinterpret it so that you still feel like good artistically about it's okay like i don't really mind that people misinterpret it because i'm just happy to think that anyone would ever hear it anyways but um i don't know it's it it is just an example of just like wow it's it is interesting like in this life we just accept people as this one idea that's just how it works people just see somebody and it's like okay that's what that is and then they move on um but of course art like you know and i'm not necessarily saying that song is good art but (laughs) aiming to be good art there's multiple ways that you could look at it right and for me it offers me a moment of self-expression and a a way that i can present that idea in a safe way where i feel comfortable presenting it in a musical way and i don't have to have that conversation with somebody you know so maybe it does feel like a, a slight betrayal on yourself when someone's like, oh, that's, look at you, man. You don't do drugs. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also been, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I have <clears throat> complicated feelings about the existence of alcohol and definitely like don't feel negatively about anybody who drinks. 
most people I know do. Um, I was one of them. I might be again. Like, right now, I'm not necessarily in a headspace of, like, oh, hey, I have given this up forever. I wonder if part of that's just me not being confident that I could do that. Um, or if it is just whenever I feel I am consistently in a good headspace and can trust myself with this thing being a part of my day-to-day or just, like, week-to-week or whatever, reintroducing it, fine, we'll see. Um, but I don't want to drink anytime soon. Like, not not the rest of the year, for sure. Yeah. And sometime beyond whatever that ends up being. Um, but I guess similar to switching pronouns, around when I was just thinking about stopping drinking, I mean, really off and on since like April or March, um, I've become like increasingly aware of its presence. Hmm. Like it's been like, Oh wait, isn't it weird that there's an alcohol sponsorship at the like Iowa safe school spirit awards. Like that money is then going to an LGBTQIA plus uh, nonprofit and it's going to kids and students. That's good that they're putting their money there, but isn't it weird that, alcohol is sponsoring an event for students oh that's so funny uh like just stuff like that is like weird to me and even like pride and how much alcohol sales mean to certain business models or even like at the vaudeville muse that place exists because of alcohol yeah and sometimes because of the lifts alcohol sales and I always think, like, there must be a better way. But I don't have an idea as to what that is. Like, I don't have some sort of plan of, like, oh, like, this is how the business can be doing better and bands can be getting paid more and stuff. And, like, oh, like, you don't have to rely on alcohol. But right now, like, they do. And so many places and people do. Like, even though it is a thing that provides mixed results and is often a part of negative things happening. Yeah. Um, so many places and people rely on others buying and consuming that to exist. And it's a weird, complicated thing. Um, it's honestly, it's so complicated. I mean, it's very complicated, but again, not to shit anybody drinks. I'm probably going to drink again. Well, and that's the thing too. Like, I think, I think that's important to say because it's complicated. Like I think people drink for all kinds of reasons. Oh yeah. In the Um, most positive and what I, what I'm confident that most people who drink, drank just because it's fun to drink <laughs> yeah i i have felt good consuming alcohol like there are various times even within the last year that i feel were elevated in a positive way at least in part because of the buzz that i had allowing me to feel a little bit less constricted because of my personality like yeah. because i am someone who will go to a show and pretty much never lift their arms. Will like never allow both feet to be off the ground at the same time. Like won't be jumping around. Won't be in the pit. Will like usually just like clap, have like hands down or holding something or in pockets or whatever. Like I'm never that physically noticeably into something that I find to be amazing. Like there's just I I oftentimes feel like I am in a straitjacket or someone has lassoed me or it's like that there is like some unseen thing limiting the actions that my body can possibly take yeah and sometimes when i have had a few drinks 
part of that goes away, never a lot, but like a little bit, like there have been times when I've been in a social situation and then became less awkward and more like how I want it to be under the aid of booze. Yeah. Um, so there is like good that comes from it sometimes yeah. in some way. It's just weird. And it's one of those things that I feel people react strangely once you're not a part of it. And I can't speak to that the same way that you can because you haven't drunk ever. But I think of it kind of in the way of like Star Wars fans and people that like hate episode eight and crap on it in all phases of the internet and existence and then hate anybody who likes it. It's like, oh, wait, like you don't drink why don't you drink? Why won't you drink? Can right. I get you to drink? Like, why don't you like the thing that I am so invested in and I'm currently engaging with and holding and consuming? Like, why don't you like that? You, yeah. don't, you don't even need an answer. Like, come on. Like, well, and here's what else. Why I'll, don't you eat meat? Here, like, yeah, that exactly. sort of thing. Like, I, I will also say this. I do think the world is a very scary place. Yeah. I do think that the world's a very difficult world. Um, I do think, you know people go through all kinds of experiences in their life that makes life extremely difficult. And, you know, there's also people that, uh, have, I mean, there, there's so many different things you could say there, you know, there's people that just have a very difficult time, um, being a part of this world. And I, and I'm, I'm really sympathetic towards those people. And there's some people that it's easier to, to drink than actually, or, and once again, Anyone listening to this, please know that I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. I do feel like I do understand this, that feelings are very difficult <laughs> and it's very difficult to deal with things um, that exist inside of you that you're not happy with. And people have all different kinds of ways to cope, right? Oh, yeah. Like- and, and then and then the other piece that I want to say with it is that people often forget too that alcoholism and addiction in general, that people always say it, it's true. It's a disease. And that's the thing that people don't realize. People who are alcoholics and people who are addicts are not people that want to be. You know what I mean? And yeah. and the most offensive thing that you can do to me, it's not to ask me why I drink or why I don't drink. It's actually to be incredibly uh, unsympathetic to someone who's dealing with addiction. That's the worst thing. If you see someone who's walking down the street and you can tell like, you know, that they're on drugs or something bad's going on. I, I can't tell you the amount of times that I can be with someone who's like, oh, look, a fucking meth head or, you know, whatever. And it's like that person right now is in such a, uh, an extreme level of hell. You have no idea. And, and, and I think, I think you have to, and, and, and for me on, on a personal level, so my dad was a, a bad alcoholic when I was a kid, um, but one of the things that was unusual or maybe unusual for my story is, is that I had a period of seeing him come out of that and the, um, the amount of work that it took for him to become sober, essentially what he did is he like just went to sleep for like six months. He would come home from work, like when he was in his cleaning up phase and he would just go to bed at five o'clock and then he'd get up and go to work the next day because he had no idea what to do with himself and so he just like pressed the fast forward button that's like, what he, he just like okay i don't know what to do at this time 
I'm just not going to use that until turn. he figured out like how he could utilize his time in a different way. And that was, that was honestly probably your process. So for me, I have it inside of me on two ways. I have the extreme of seeing, okay, you definitely don't want to be that person, but then also seeing like the Phoenix effects of what that takes to get yourself out of that kind of position. But then add it on to my dad will come and see me play. And my dad will, you know, do this. He'll go to bars. But at any time that he's at a bar, he's extremely uncomfortable. And people assume that if someone cleans themselves up, that like this problem is just resolved. No, no. That's something that that never goes away from a person's mind. Because that, once again, it's a disease. I mean, people, people don't believe that, but it's true. So, I don't I guess... I guess that's my answer to that question. I know we said it's complex. There's no way we can solve the problem in terms of talking about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess there's not much more to say on it other than the <laughs> fact that it's just like very difficult. One, and I'm not saying one way, you know, I, I know for me to be a part of this world, this is what I had to figure out to do for myself. But with that, you know, kind of with that said, like you're talking about like this idea of, um, I become the person that I want to be if I have, you know, whatever, I guess recently, like I've came to this realization of like the amount of things that I've kind of done in my life, like 100% sober. Uh, and it's not a, I, I guess there is a piece of me that feels proud about that. Like that I, that I've done these things, but with that, there is a price to pay in that because I've had so many experiences where I'm just used to being afraid. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like I don't get nervous for things, but I've just had so many moments of just this high anxiety situations. But and, and as I get older, it's kind of at a point now where it's like, uh, the anxiety is kind of almost too much sometimes. You know what I mean? I'm playing less as a result. It's like I don't I'm I'm like at a point in my life now where I don't want to always be putting myself in the feeling of being afraid, you know? Yeah. Well, Again, I guess two things. Um, the first one, because it's the most related, it's it has to be such a weird way of judging somebody. It's like because they don't drink. Because it's not even one that has like slurs associated with it. Like, yeah. it, it, like that's a one of the very few things I could possibly think of that's a lifestyle choice where people don't have some sort of insult to like hurl at you constantly for that yeah or like some hurtful thing like well think about this don't you think it's probably two sides of the coin it's either a one person has an extremely healthy relationship with alcohol meaning that uh, you know i'm out with friends whatever i'll drink like something not a big deal um they have no one in their family that's ever been an addict it's just a, a very healthy thing which is great for those people what they're probably saying is what's the big fucking deal <laughs> it's not that big of a deal like what what you know but then on the opposite side if you had someone that was like why aren't you drinking it very much could be and and i've definitely been i've definitely felt this before where they just feel that i'm it's an extreme judgment on them right that's what it is it's either one of those two things don't you think it has to be yeah but then i mean in terms of other things like there are people who identify as being straight, but then end up coming out as being gay after years of having like worked at some anti-gay yeah. place or whatever. Like there are definitely people that have called others fag 
only to then later be right. outwardly gay where there there isn't anybody who's like oh hey here is like the fag equivalent of somebody who doesn't drink and then like stops drinking later yeah like I don't know. That's a weird thing. And I don't want anybody to suddenly start words. I don't want anybody to like create yeah, slurs exactly. and horrible things to start throwing at Dustin or anybody else who doesn't drink or doesn't do drugs or doesn't well, do whatever. Even, even outside that, of straight edge. But well, that's what I was going to say, actually. It's just a weird thing. Within that subgenre of whatever, you know, n- uh, being a non-drinker <laughs> that exists, um, I've never called myself straight edge. Right. I've never associated myself with... Um, that genre. <laughs> and that's also something where people seem to have different ideas as to what is under that umbrella or not. Like yeah. some people have told me it's like, Oh, it's no alcohol. It's no drugs. It's no sex. It's no like anything. I'm like, okay, yeah. that seems like a lot. You that's, have kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so you can see how it's a bit awkward for me. Cause oh, I don't, right. I don't identify as any of those things. Yeah. Because on it, I mean, and I apologize to anyone that will f- take offense to this cause there probably will be somebody, but, um, my experience with meeting certain people that really identify within the straight edge community, it does seem to be a bit more of a judgmental kind of thing. Uh, I, but I also kind of like grew up within like the punk rock community with in, I don't know, like, which I felt like, you know, that was more of like a thing. We're fucking straight edge. Fuck you. You know, <laughs> which I've never identified with that. Like I'm too sympathetic to understand yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, life in my fishbowl i i often feel <laughs> that like i'm just like this weird oddity that people can't understand you know what i mean like yeah. and, and people people are very quick to, for me to be like oh there there goes dustin he's this guy you know he's you know he's hilarious you know it, or whatever it's just like well i think i i actually have more parts of my personality than people would think you know what i mean like yeah. I'm certainly a lot more than just one person who doesn't drink, you know? Yes. Yeah. You're a complicated person. Like us all, right? (laughs) Right? You know, we're all human and we all have these really complex kind of things. Yeah. But I appreciate the opportunity to say that publicly actually within this show. Thank you for doing so. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that maybe I haven't offered you maybe the comfort that you were hoping or just understanding it. How do you feel? I'm curious good yeah (laughs) um i mean even with not drinking your reasoning has always been something i've been curious because i'm like i assume that there is a reason yeah but especially because people are like oh why don't you do that it's like i don't want or need to ask like i kind of assume oh a family thing probably probably someone you cared about had or has issues with it and hasn't had a healthy relationship with it like i can still make that guess and not have to like directly be like why don't you do this yeah so i just never asked well and i am a recovering alcoholic and i don't do it for (laughs) religious reasons so yeah besides all that (laughs) um but something i was going to get at before that is still related to this and even just kind of socializing um is like roughly comments that a mutual friend of ours made earlier this year like it it was during that period where i was like "Ah, i want to at least like drink less um but then was handed a drink um and i don't even remember what the group was talking about specifically but at some point he said roughly like oh yeah like i wouldn't even really want to hang out with somebody doesn't drink Mm -hmm. like they're just not going to be fun. And as someone who in this episode has already described myself as not being fun, because I actually believe generally, um, 
I'm not a horrible person or like extremely bland, but I would never describe myself as like fun to be around. Um, I'm not anti-fun, but I'm not fun. Um, so to then take that away, like to then not be at a show or something or to be at a show, but then like not be drinking or anything. It's like, Oh, like, am I just going to be like even more dull and like dense to people or at least like to some of my friends, like to him, like, is he just going to be like, ah, like, I don't really need to like talk to him right now tonight at this thing. I don't really need to like hang with him. He's just going to be fucking boring. So then immediately, even though it was something that similar to gender, um, nobody else knew I was even thinking about. I was like, ah, maybe I like shouldn't stop or at least like shouldn't now, or I shouldn't with these people like, maybe I can train my brain to like not do it in certain situations, but in these I will like have to. And even now it's like, okay, what am I going to do when I'm just handed a drink, which has happened once so far, um, like at some function where part of the admittance was like, Oh, you also get drink tickets. Like you're here. And that's the only thing to do is to like drink. So I just gave them to my friend. Um, which is me. I'm always giving those away. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, uh, even though your reason for not drinking isn't a particularly positive or uplifting tale. But it's a realistic um, one. Yeah. Like, I also, I appreciate you being a friend who I care about that doesn't drink because you are the only one. And it, I think, has helped me at least a little bit be able to do that so far like for this long like before it had been a month was the longest ever and that was years ago and i'd struggled to struggled to replicate that even this summer and now i'm like approaching month three and it's like okay like i need to do this for longer like i don't know if there's going to be an end or not but the end can't be soon because then i'll just kind of slip into the same place that i was in august and even like july like i can't start doing that again now and similar to pronouns it's something i haven't figured out how to like yeah correct or explain really and i'm given kind of a couple different answers like i'm just not really doing it right now i'm not feeling it tonight or whatever oh hey like i don't have a lot of money which is accurate but not the reason for this because i get two dollar drinks um but yeah like just knowing that there's somebody else that i can see and talk to and listen to that is in a similar situation and has been for longer like you're my like non-drinking Sherpa like helping guide me through this path. Well, my reaction to that statement or just hearing about the story is, I don't know who the person is that you're talking about, but I would be willing to bet that I'm not close to this person. And the reason, and I, once again, I have no idea who the person is that could say that, but I'm actually at a point in my life where I won't, I wouldn't be friends with anyone who can't understand that people have multiple dimensions to them. And to me, that's what I hear in that comment. That would be someone who wants to have just a very surface level understanding of somebody and just accept them on on a very shallow basis. Not to say that it's not okay to have friends that are on a shallow basis. I certainly have those. Um, But that person would never, I would never be close with. That would be the person that I said... I don't do it for religious reasons, but you know what I mean? Like I want to offer that piece to them because I know through that comment that they're not sympathetic to the idea of this person. It took them their entire life to get to that point. Right. 
That, Which, so that's that's ultimately for me that that's just an unsympathetic person. But I would also recognize that like this person has you know much in the same way they've gotten to this point wherever they're at within their perspective through you know I have no idea what their backstory would be and everyone has an, a really complex one you know. So I would encourage you not to feel that I can't do XX or X. You know what I mean? Oh, like. Yeah. Um, you can't let one bad apple spoil the whole damn bunch. <laughs> you know? Unless that apple has a disease that will spread to the other apples. I guess that's maybe true. Maybe just don't eat any of them. Then just eat pears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of better. Sometimes. Sometimes Depends better. on your point of view. Yeah. I like them firm. <laughs> Did you know that? I don't like them when they're really juicy. <laughs> I'm learning all sorts of things about you. Um, I throw that shit away. <laughs> we've, we've. I have probably, no idea how long we've been talking. Yeah, we've probably gone on for a bit, so we we can start wrapping up soon. But one thing that you and I actually talked about a little bit pre-show that I do actually want to talk about on the show proper, and wasn't sure if we would get here or not or how. So here we are. Um, is I haven't talked about being non-binary with any of my family and i guess that is like technically like a way of coming out it's just it's not how my brain has quite thought of it maybe i should um it's at least like in media it's always like oh like coming out as gay because that's of course the only other thing someone could possibly be um and really at this point with anybody currently in my life that I like, genuinely love, there are so few who I want to like let into the majority of what makes me me, and most of those people are not related to me by blood. The only, at the moment of this recording, the only two that I properly want to discuss this with are my mom and my sister. Sorry, Dad, who I'm seeing in like three weeks. Um, and I haven't talked about it with those two. And we all live in different states, which is definitely part of my excuse, if not an actual reason, it's for sure an excuse. So we're in three states, two time zones, don't talk remarkably often in like more than just quick texts of like, how's your day? How's the weather in Oregon kind of thing? Um, and I haven't figured out how I want to talk to either of them, but my mom listens to this show which will be going up within a few days and she'll be then be in town a few days later. It's like, Oh, like I'm going to gift you a copy of genderqueer. That's a thing I'm going to do. I'm going to write with it. I don't know what I'm going to write yet, but also you're, you're going to be here. Like I need to vocally use words. Like I need to actually talk with you about this. And I'm lucky in that, especially like with her, she isn't someone who I anticipate like being mad no, or anything really like that, yeah. but will not, will likely not quite get it, especially because I'm still learning how to articulate it in a way that fits me. I don't know how I'm going to explain to her, uh, that, Oh, Hey, some days I wish I was a fucking woman. Like, I just wish that, like, yeah. really, I, I think about that, uh, I don't know, three days a week, something like that. Um, there are other days where I wish I was a trans man, 
but that's not how bodies work, so I can't be. And I could never have just bottom surgery because that's not how bodies work either. Like, that's something that would happen after a lot of other physical changes, which may or may not happen someday for various reasons or not or whatever. Like, I don't know what I even want to alter, if anything, or what's going to happen, let alone how to explain why I feel the way I feel or how I have or how long certain things have been and like why didn't I feel this way this strongly when I was 12 and like oh hey like this isn't this isn't a phase but like how to explain and like reaffirm and reinforce that it isn't and why and like please just like learn to adjust uh I don't fucking know what I'm gonna say you know Uh, what's cool though I'm sitting here thinking too like once again, the brilliance and the extreme art of that book. It it's almost, so good. Yeah. It, I mean, honestly, anyone should read this book. I was really taken with it. But um, it almost addresses at any point anyone's conflict that they would possibly have with it. There's that amazing scene in, in the book where uh, the mom, who's a very progressive person, is really struggling. Yeah. And it's cool that they add that. And, and then ultimately, I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to tell you what you should write in the book, but... <laughs> Um, I'm a parent <laughs> and, and as a parent, like I, I shared the, that last page and I feel like, I don't know. I wonder if it's something where you need to kind of pinpoint, like, you know, have your mom start reading certain aspects of it, but then say, jump to the back page now. Cause it might be one of those things where like, I feel like anyone who has kids would understand that. Yeah. And we'll it's see. and once again the amazing art of that book. Like maybe this author kind of knew that that was going to always forever be a problem for people that are going throughout this transition. That they would have a page like that that they could explain it easily to a parent. Yeah, I mean, just a thought. I mean, obviously, I'm not here to <laughs> solve anyone's problem, but that thinking of in the parent. I mean, that's a good idea. Perspective. I might even just be like, hey. For my mom, read the last page first. Because um, it's incredibly powerful. You're yeah. saying everything at that moment, you know. Because, I, I don't know, maybe for a parent they would feel like, oh, maybe this is all about they're unhappy about the way that they grew up. And it's like, I did the best I could. Right. But maybe it cuts through um, the self-consciousness that exists inside of a parent. Who obviously, like any parents, all doing the best that they possibly could, given the circumstances. Yeah, and like it's it's one of those things where like it's a trope that people like parents when they find out that their kid is gay or queer or whatever will be like, Oh, like what did we do or what should we yeah. do differently? Um and then being the product of an extremely messy and weird and dramatic divorce, like I know that that alone has had so many lasting thoughts and impacts and feelings for almost twenty years. <laughs> um and uh when like my family was struggling with addiction not alcoholic ones but like the reason why i wouldn't partake in any form of marijuana forever was like oh hey like somebody close to me was addicted to a bunch of shit and this was the beginning of that was getting into this and then when they were using all sorts of other things they were also still smoking this constantly so i associated that smell not even with weed but with other things that were happening around yeah. it. Yeah. That's why I didn't do that for years when it was prevalent all the time. And why even now, like people will offer me different things and most of the time I say no, but sometimes I actually like want to say yes. But then my head is like thinking about 
bad things that weren't even my doing like 12 years ago. Yeah. So I don't. Um, but I, I talking about my mom and like this stuff, I'm like, oh, like there are already things where whether it's just my brain right now in this moment recalling them or trying to bring them into existence where there's been a conversation of like, oh yeah, like I felt or thought like what should I have done differently? Like either in regards to those events or just like different things with my like own mental health and depression, like already, like there are already things that have caused that feeling in her, which I think would have happened to me as well. I don't want this to be another one of those yeah because it's not my mom's fault that like i've been suicidal almost on an annual basis for like seven years like probably five of those seven something like that uh for like a week or two here or there and like none of that really has to do with her or her parenting or even my upbringing in general like that's just a different bodily thing as is this this is an entirely different thing still within my body and my brain and my everything like are different and i wanted to also like reaffirm that when we talk i think it's part of why i've been like nervous about it it's just like i i guess kind of like a not drinking thing or a not correcting pronouns thing like i don't want her to feel bad like more so than like any reaction she might have making me feel differently like i don't want her to feel bad about anything confused is fine because we can learn together but like yeah. i don't want her to have negative and like negative feelings upon herself because of what i am saying yeah so we'll see you guys uh, show the last page yeah that's gonna yeah, cut I'll, through all that i'll do that then i need to figure out my sister but she's way farther away and we'll like it'll be a different entirely written thing probably followed by a phone call um well luckily she's a part of this generation so that will probably be easier in that regard we'll see i mean obviously we'll i don't know her at um all. well i mean she's like less plugged in i'll say it than like a lot of my friends here um but better than a couple of my old friends in chicago suburbia that i mentioned is weirdly conservative and like kind of ways that were un seen to me until the last few years even like i come from a place that is around like a major metropolitan extremely liberal city and it's like 20 miles away but i have relatives who are nurses who have gone to nursing school yeah who at christmas like a year ago i think it was um we're talking about how according to them Native Americans lack a specific internal organ and that that keeps them from being able to process alcohol the same way that people of other races can and makes them more prone to getting drunk and being alcoholics. There you go. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're a nurse and you're saying this as fact. What? Yeah. Why? Well, of course, that's Uh, just extreme racism that's... Yeah, and then I took a drink then. Um, So, like, that is my family. (laughs) Like, uh, on the other side, like, there is one cousin who is finally outwardly gay, who I've kind of assumed was gay since I was, like, 12, but, like, never really talked about it. Um, But that I'm also still thinking might have voted for Trump. Hmm. So I'm like, ah, like, what? Life is very Um, complex. (laughs) Yeah, and... 
like none of these people are my mother, but they are related to her either by former marriage or by blood or by whatever. Like it's still like different generational things and different family stuff. And like my sister is still related to them. Like I am and is out in Oregon, but like isn't in Portland and like didn't go to like a liberal school or anything. Like, um, doesn't doesn't have a bunch of queer friends like i do yeah. <laughs> like i don't know uh won't be a problem but will still be different like they're, they're both the only ones that i absolutely love and adore and want to actually talk about with this somehow yeah and i'm not afraid of them like rejecting me but i am anticipating them just like not understanding and i'm trying to figure out okay how well, I obviously it's, a, it's very important for you to do it and, and I know, <laughs> and the way it works is it's not it's not necessarily something that you have a choice about. Oh, because right. you're really what you're doing is is you want you feel a certain level of intimacy with them, and you want to continue that level of intimacy with them. Exactly, where which is and they and they have the love for you, so they're gonna even though it might come off at first as like oh I don't quite know how to what that right. probably means is just there's just a certain amount of learning that has to take place, and that book's gonna solve that problem. Yeah, where and like. My mom wants to be a part of my day-to-day life. Like when one of the few rituals I have that it started first week of May uh, is going to the lift every Monday. I have missed three. One of those was Labor Day because they were closed. Uh, no, I've missed four. One was Labor Day. They were closed. Uh, one couple friends and i had other events and then just like hung out afterward instead and then i went to two shows in minnesota um but still like being an almost every monday thing for six months or whatever uh it's most often i do like anything outside of like work uh and when my mom was here she wants to go to the lift on that monday like wants to come hang out i'm like yeah let's do that my dad is coming here next month for my birthday i'm not gonna take him to the lift like, yeah. I'm, I'm like intentionally not going to do that. Like he can meet some friends if he wants. And if they want, he has done that before, but I also prepped them ahead of time. of like, this is what he's like. This is what our relationship was like. This is what to expect. Uh, I'm not going to paint my nails. Then like my mom has seen me with that. Uh, she's made a couple of comments from my like, eh, before, but like she's seen that and been fine with that. Um, I'm not going to show him any of that. I'm not going to talk to him about pronouns. I'm going to, if we do go out around a couple of my friends, tell them ahead of time, yeah, you can, you can mess up tonight. Yeah. Like, like you, you can do that. Like yeah. maybe purposely do that. Um, and it's not even, that is not even like an, Oh, I'm afraid of how he'd react. Cause he would also just like not really get it. That is more like, I, don't care for him to know me in this way because he already doesn't know me in other ways. Right. Like there's so much other distance there, physical and otherwise and baggage and things. Uh, and so much other just like simple things that have been a part of my food tastes or anything like forever that he like fucks up. I'm like, there's no value in me investing this time, energy and emotion into presenting myself in this way you because i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna get anything out of it like we're like our relationship is not in a place where it is worth it to like yeah. go all in um so it's just a the one two. day at a time but, situation in that department yeah yeah 
Well, anyway, we should we should probably properly. Well, wrap, hey, wrap up. I I don't think there's ever been a show that I've been on that wasn't two hours. So, <laughs> um, I people have commented that I always it always goes along with me. So that's okay. Uh, thanks for going along with me now, and thanks for having me on. And I'd love to come on anytime they'd like me. Yeah, I love having you all the time. Thank you for letting us record. Yeah, your home interrupt your i feel like we're getting softer as the night goes i think we're getting like more sultry with our voices yeah, maybe i don't know <laughs> turn on our ipr voice yeah well hey uh, thank you everybody yeah. uh um, I, yeah uh so anywhere people can find you whether it's social media stuff or like anywhere where they can listen to your music anything at all I think, honestly, I think the quickest way you can, if you want to know me better as a person, the lantern stuff is pretty much like the the thing I'm doing in terms of uh, being a public figure at this point. Um, Musically, I still have Papoose and Idiot Boy available. Uh, If you furthermore want to get to know me as a person, it's all on those. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I essentially am just trying to become a folk artist in regards to a very uh very much literal idea of what that means so um if anyone's interested in my music please contact me directly and i'd love to hook you up with some of my music and keep an eye out for when i'll be playing because i will (laughs) and despite the name dustin harmson hd harmson is your like musical entity and i don't think dustin sings as a rock star name so i had to make something (laughs) hd seemed more like it and i think hd is all your social media and stuff too yeah i feel like hd harmson when i'm performing that. yeah it feels yeah. like a different person so, uh and lantern cinema podcasts yeah. is everywhere where this show is soundcloud itunes google play etc gonna try to get both of them on spotify before the end of the year yeah which i think is actually possible now it was complicated at the time when i started this show but it seems easier now so we'll do that we'll get to more places yes uh, i have all my stuff on youtube too if you go on youtube you can see my music videos and that's a pretty pretty quick way to kind of get an idea of what i'm all about so it's a good time yep. uh you can find me at regret half full on twitter and instagram you can email me at actually try at gmail.com I haven't gotten an email about the podcast in a little bit but they've happened uh if you want to call me out go for it uh sorry for any slip-ups i had today i'm sure there were some uh even though it was purposeful sorry for the two fag f-bombs um bad word don't use it don't direct it to people don't be hateful don't don't be an asshole yeah uh don't say gay when you mean dumb or stupid don't do that uh 14 year old me don't don't listen to daniel just be just be a better better person um drinking is okay don't do it and drive don't do it and harm anyone or yourself but otherwise it's fine uh thank you for listening Thank you, Dustin, for being here. And remember, life is happy, baby. There we go. I don't do drugs, but I'm sure they're fun. I don't stop fights. I won't hurt anyone. Just a faster pace monogamous who's totally clear. Now in between, I don't steal things. I never roll the dice. I'll tip you big. You don't have to be nice Like an activist or strategist About to explode It's time to unload I don't tell lies 
Check 